Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. In today's podcast, I interview my good friend, Ken Baum. Ken is a peak performance coach. He's worked with athletes from a variety of sports all over the world. I think he's worked with over 70 world champions. And he's a martial artist. He's a mountaineer. He currently trains with or helps out several top MMA fighters. And what I love about Ken is every time I speak with him, he just, man, I feel better. I feel like I can conquer anything. His, his advice is both really deep and at the same time really simple to follow and I, I think you're going to find it really valuable and by the way there is some sound issues uh, part of the way through uh, the podcast so hopefully you'll bear with us through that because I think you'll find it worthwhile right, thank you everyone. and enjoy uh, Dave Cobar here with my good friend Ken Baum how are you sir doing great enjoying this nice southern California weather man I'm totally jealous look at that backyard you got the pool the sun on your back pretty cool it's, it's San Clemente is a good place to be but all right nowhere Wherever I'm at, it's a good place to be. I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. I believe that, that you make your own paradise. Mindset is everything. Yeah, man. You know, we're going to talk a lot about that, and I know that to be true with you. And I, and I, in my better moments, I know that. I don't always remember, <laughs> but in my better moments, I know that. So uh, Ken Baum uh, and I, first off, Ken Baum coaches performance psychology. He's worked with, I believe, like something like 70-plus world champions in all prof- you know, professional football players, hockey players, uh, volleyball players, MMA fighters, the list goes on and on. You've worked with CEOs and teachers and, you know, actors all the way down the line, right? Yes, sir. It's been a lot of fun, and, and the, the diversity teaches you a lot about human behavior and what goes into success no matter what profession you're in. Got it. You see a lot of similarities that we're going to d- dive into, and, and uh, I appreciate you being on. Ken and I met about uh, – probably six, seven years ago at Chris Rappold's in, in Boston. And uh, you did a presentation there, and I'd like, boom, instantly, man, we connected really well. I really liked what you what you, what you, you were sharing, and I've had you, of course, up to work with my team a couple times. And then you and I did a, a Mount Whitney in a day one time together a few years back. That was an intense day, to be sure. Absolutely. And you've done a lot of that. You know, you do a lot of outdoor stuff as well, right? I love being outside. That is my, that is my place to be. That's where I refresh, recharge, and, and challenge myself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for being on on the podcast today. And and uh, I kind of what I wanted to do is I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain and 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 uh, share with, first off some of the findings that you found about human potential and you know what what do you see in in, in athletes that do well and and you know, and and what what we can do whether we're athletic or whatever we are to to kind of get to the next level. And, uh, and then maybe share some of your observations on, on how we can best deal with what's going on right now. Sound like a plan? Excellent. Sounds good to me. The, the first thing I'll say that is this. Mindset is everything. There is nothing more powerful than a made-up mind. The challenge is how do you make up your mind? Okay. And that's what I help people to do. People that are on the border, I help them to make up their mind, get that passion and desire to make something happen. Very powerful. I, I know that years back I got your book, The Mental Edge, and you can see it's got I got it dog-eared and underlined, all kinds of good stuff in there. And and uh, and you've got a new book coming out, uh, Mental Edge for Teens. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's my passion. I've I've had so much joy and effectiveness working with young people from the ages of twelve on up. And I get letters all the time of kids that have you know uh, graduated the Air Force Academy that were struggling to make their SAT scores and because of the mental edge they got through, uh, that go on to have successful lives 
what one young lady, 26 years old, just bought her first house in Newport Beach, California, selling commercial insurance. They told her she was too young. She didn't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. She's crushing it. And she'll tell you that the mental edge made all the difference. Dave Perno, a doctor, he said when he was going through his medical exams, he kept hearing my voice in his head about the mental edge part, things that he learned over and over again. There's nothing more powerful than a made-up mind. Don't make what is easy hard. Your mindset can make what is hard easy or can make what is easy hard. And most people go for making what is easy hard. Don't do that. Make it easy. Everything is doable. If somebody's done it before, you can do it now. Very cool. Well, well, let's let's go back through some of your success cases. Like, like I'm sure that you've got a lot, and you, and you and I have talked a lot. And and you know, you, you had to come across in your in your experience, maybe uh, you know, because we all identify with athletes or like to hear those stories. Some athlete that had a lot of potential that, but wasn't realizing his potential and, or her potential, and she met up with you. And what were some of the things? First off, you see in people that fail to live up to their potential and, and what are some I know, I know there's no quick fixes so to speak but if there were what would they be I think that when people understand the power of a made-up mind and not let the past dictate the future but let the future be controlled by the mindset now everything's possible okay I, uh, Canadian um, skeleton racer this is a race that you go down a, a icy track about 90 miles an hour face okay. first four inches from the ice right it's it's intense and he was trying to qualify for the olympics he stress fractured his chin his his shin about three weeks out okay he thought there was no way he's going to qualify for the team we were working on his speed now think about this we we're working on his speed and his start through the power of the mind he had the greatest track coaches he could find, had the greatest training program he could find, but he wasn't getting faster until he incorporated the trainings of the mental edge. He got faster. In fact, he ended up setting a record for the start for the Canadian skeleton team. After he fractured his leg, everybody wrote him off. There's no way he's going to do this. Now, the story goes like this. He's got six runs to make the team. On the fifth run, he crashes, gets concussed. They figure he's done. He's not going to make it. He ends up making the team on the sixth and final run by a fraction of a second. It was the most amazing thing. He reached his goal. He made the team because of the power of a made-up mind against all odds. That's that's powerful. Yeah, so give, give me – all right, I'm, I'm waffling about this and that. What what kind of tips can you give me to help my mind get made up? Number one, get the skills you need. He didn't just think and believe okay. I'm going to get faster. You know, there's this thing, you know, think it and you can be it, believe it and you can achieve it. I'm sorry, we've been told a partial truth. You can't just believe. You've got to do. Okay. He got the best track coaches he could find. He got the best training system he could find. He did the mental work. He put it all together, and he made the success. So we we find – here's what I find. This is, this is disturbing to me, Dave. This is really, really disturbing to me. I see people give up and have crushed lives because they bought into believe it and you can achieve it. Okay. What they didn't realize was this, this false passion was empty because there was no place to go with it. 
because they didn't have the skills to go with it. And so, so that's what I, I need to really impress on people. Get the skills you need. If you want to be a great martial artist, don't just believe it. Go train with somebody like Dave. Go train with a high-level coach. Do the things they tell you to do. Now believe it, and now you will achieve it. That's the big difference. Yeah, man, I think that that is powerful. You know, I remember, uh, and I won't say there was a program out that was all about, you know, it was good stuff, get your mind right. But it was kind of like just every day, just imagine there's going to be a big check coming in your in your and come into your mailbox, you know, just keep visualizing that one of those days it's going to show up, but they never, they, they never mentioned the fact that, oh, you maybe probably ought to kind of work hard and do the right things. They're going to help that along as well. Right. And, and so, uh, yeah, you know, you've got it, you've got to, you've got to act like, like a, I heard a phrase, you know, uh, 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 you know, pray like it's up to God and work like it's up to you, you know, both parts, right. You got to do, you got to do the work part as well. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, like, like you've worked with, uh, who are some athletes that like just jump out at you that that had just exceptional, uh, uh, you know, that maybe weren't talented physically from a standpoint of being super great natural athletes, but overcame that with just sheer having the right mindset and hard work. Oh wow! One that really pops out to me is a girl named Mika Burden. She was a good swimmer, but not a great swimmer. She she was from Alaska. She walked on to Golden West Junior College in, in Huntington Beach, California. She made the team. She did well. After uh, junior college, nobody was giving her scholarship. She walked on to Cal Berkeley, made the team. She was solid. She was not a star. She was good on the relay team. When her career was over, she got out of shape. For two years, she floundered and decided, I'm going to be an open water swimmer. She'd never swam open water in her life, but she heard there was this new Olympic sport, open water swimming. And so she decided to do that. She was losing races. Are you ready for this? By seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> seven minutes. That's like almost a half a mile in, in the ocean or in, or, in, or in a lake. She kept at it. Coaches told her she tried to get a coach to, to coach her for it. They said, you don't have it. You never will have it. One day she read my book. She called me up with this very sheepish, shy voice. Ken, can you work with me? I said, let's come and talk to me. Let's see what we can do. She goes, but remember, I don't have any money. I said, okay, let's talk. We sat down and talked, and I could tell this athlete was a true athlete. She had something in her heart and her mind, and she wanted to do this, and nothing was going to stop her. I said, let's do this. I'll work with you. How much do you have? She said, I have $600. So for $600, I trained her for a year mentally, physically, and nutritionally. Now, this is a girl losing races by seven minutes. One year later, one year later, she won the national championship by 31 seconds. Wow. Crushing the competition and the girls that used to beat her. She then went on to become a sports model, a cover model, with agents and the whole, the whole thing, right? She changed her life. She was a slightly above average athlete who became excellent. She did the work. Uh, you know, you got to understand this. This is, this is amazing. You think you work hard? Do you think you work hard? Uh, I have at times, every now and then. <laughs> I know you have. And you're an amazing physical specimen. Check this out, Dave. She would swim 10,000 meters every morning, 10,000 meters every night. That takes about two hours a session. She would come to the gym with me Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and train for two hours. She would throw as much as 500 punches 
a session on the heavy bags. I would crush her. I would do martial arts stuff. I do sprint stuff. We do hill work. And on Saturday, she'd swim 600. On Saturday, she'd swim 100, or excuse me, on Saturday, she'd swim 10,000 meters as well. She put in the work. She did what needed to be done, whether she wanted to or not. So how do you how do you cultivate that? Because, you know, as you know, we all know what we need you to become healthier or better. You know, like you ask anybody that's out of shape or undertrained, you know, let's just say, you know, I want to get really good at jujitsu. What do I got to do? I got to show up and drill a lot. You know, I got to make class and I got to stay after and I got to practice, you know, my techniques more and, you know, and, and not just re- not just roll, but, you know, be technical, right? And, and, and everybody knows that, right? And I should probably eat pretty clean. I need to get enough rest. And, uh, but what, what is, how can we get someone, how can I get myself to, like, better live up to my potential? Yeah, what, what's the starting point? That's great. So, so people want it. They know they should do it, but they don't do it. So how do you do it? Number one, it starts with a goal. Okay. Goals are so important. She wanted to be a champion, and she became one. If you don't have a goal, what's the purpose? You need a purpose. The purpose could be you, you, you're, you're praising God. The purpose could be you're going to get that girl or that guy. The purpose can be you're going to be a better parent. The purpose can be you're going to be a better salesperson because your mind is fresh and your, your body is, is, is functioning well. There needs to be a goal or a purpose. Mm-hmm. Once you have that in mind, now start creating your program and make it a program. Okay. It could be that, that let's just make it really simple. You're, you're a fighter and you're going to throw 100 jabs before every practice with precision and accuracy. That's what you're going to do. And you start with something that simple. You add okay. one thing to what you're already doing. Okay. Now for some people, they got to revamp a lot more than that, but whatever it is, you've got to do what you can handle now, most people start when they when they they set a goal. They do too much too soon, and they mm-hmm. burn out. Right, or injure themselves, or injure themselves. The goal, yeah, the goal the goal is too big, right, and, and and it's too hard, and they crush themselves. So, small steps, incremental over time, and get it more and more intense as time goes on. That's the key. You know, it, it, it's such common. It, it, it makes so much sense. And I know for me, uh, I tend my goals uh, and, and part of like fitness routine, eating clean. Um, it's kind of that's what I've been doing long enough to where I just do it. Right. In, in other words, I, I and I tend to maybe with people that haven't trained as much or haven't. I just say, hey, man, I just I train for life. That's my goal. You know, I uh, and, and I under value the importance of having a okay here's the deal and and, and for 90 days from now we're going to do x and that that how that that can be very motivating and and, and something that uh, that people can i i see personally in my coaching of other people i can do a better job of of helping people really be specific with their goals and then the program that they're going to they're going to push past that that's it's common sense but it's so important to remember it really is a lifer like you are it, it's, we don't have to think about working out. We just do it, right? There's, it's rare that we miss a workout because that's just what we do. That's just who right. we are. Right. So one of the things I teach people, a powerful statement is this. That's just what I do. That's just who I am. So in other words, mm-hmm. you're, you're, I remember I, I used this first with the volleyball team years ago. They couldn't close out matches. And so what I taught them was to make up their mind that we always finish strong. 
we always finish strong. That's just what we do. That's just who we are. That became their identity. So I love eating clean. That's just what I do. That's just who I am. You let that become your identity. Mm-hmm. I love working out three times a week. That's just what I do. That's just who I am. Create the identity you want. When you do that, it becomes so much easier. That's so good. You know, uh, uh, it's so good. It's like I have this mantra I tell myself when I'm around junk food. Now, first and foremost, my basic view of uh, I eat uh, eat clean. As a matter of fact, my daily goals, that happens to what I wrote down this morning, eating clean is one of them, right? And, and, and I, I, you know, I will allow myself to slack, of course, you know, every now and then. And I, it, like usually my, my, on weekends, I don't worry too much. During the week, I try to eat clean. And, you know, uh, uh, but one of the things that the mantra that I, I tell myself is uh, if I go somewhere and it's not my day to eat junk, right? Uh, instead of going, oh, man, I, uh, you know, to give into it, I, I, I look at a piece of chocolate cake and I say, being healthy and fit feels better than that tastes. Being healthy and fit Excellent. feels better than that tastes. And my concept with that is that that gives me power over that. It no longer owns me, right? It, it kind of anchors in where I want to be. And I, I, and I, I found that to be, and I, but I love the idea that's just, it's just what I do. It's just who I am. And I can see me very easily adding that onto my arsenal. You know, Dave, you nailed it. Uh, you know, we, we talk to ourselves every day. We talk to ourselves every single day. We need to create a better dialogue for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We lie to ourselves every single day. Give ourselves a better set of lies. Uh, <laughs> we create our reality. Now, th- there's a balance between pie in the sky, as I talked before, that, ooh, just believe and you can achieve mm-hmm. with real life action. So when it comes to nutrition, what is it you really want? How do you want to identify yourself? The biggest problem with giving up habits, smoking, drinking, junk food, whatever it might be, being lazy, is there's a massive payoff to ourselves for having that behavior. If there wasn't, we wouldn't do it. Right, right. So, so we're doing it for a reason. We like it that way. We really, we like smoking. That's why we do it. I don't want to stop smoking. I love this. So what's the payoff? How do we want to identify ourselves? What type of person do we truly want to be? Have we conditioned our brain to give us what we want? Or we have or have we been conditioned by others to give them what they want? And that's yes. a fine line, you know, because if we don't talk to ourselves, somebody else is. It's called TV, radio, internet. And they're telling us how to think, what to do constantly. Make up your mind, the person you want to be. And set a course of action, a little thing at a time, you know, New Year's resolutions, most fail. Why? Why do they fail? Well, think about this. They're not realistic. You're you're, you're stuck in a trap. You know, your legs in a noose. You can't move on July the 3rd. And you say, well, you know what? In January, I think I'm going to get out of this mess. (laughs) That's silliness, right? But people know on January 3rd, they're overweight. They're out of shape. They're smoking too much. They're drinking too much. They're eating too much junk food. But they say, January 1, I'm going to get out of this mess. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens January 1? It well, last. Yeah, it lasts 17, three days. <laughs> January 17th is National Quit Day. That's the day everybody quits their New Year's resolutions. Like 93% or something. It, it's, it's, incri- it's actually a day. National Quit Day. So do yourself a favor. Start your New Year's resolutions now. 
Better yet, don't have a New Year's resolution. Have a personal resolution when you decide you want to do something for the right reasons. I have not had a New Year's resolution since I can't tell you when. Yeah. I'll do things on my birthday sometimes or at other times in my life. You know, April the 27th, I'm going to do X. That's my resolution. Why? Because that's when I want to do it. That's good stuff, man. You know, there's a phrase called incrementalism and, and, you know, small changes over time tend to benefit more than the one big change. And I know for me and I'm not just me, but, but others, it's like, if I, if I, uh, uh, want to change a behavior, if I try to go cold Turkey, do something completely different every now and then you might be successful, but 99% of the time it's going to be that January 17th. Right. But if I do a little minor change and I link it to something else I already am doing, like for example, uh, Pre-COVID, I, I wanted to get a, a cold pool, a cold, cold water submersion, as well as a sauna at, at, at my health club. But in the morning when I'd get up, uh, I'd go to the gym, and I was too lazy to put my bag of my towel and my change of clothes in the bag. So it was literally as simple as the night before packing my bag. All of a sudden, new habit, something easy, you know, that that that, that you could do. So, uh, and then over time, you know, you kind of you got to build onto it. I think people, uh, we we forget that you know it's never too late to change. Like tomorrow, we have or today. Let me say today, we have a chance to start over again. You know, how can we make today? What can we do differently today that makes the day better? That we, what new habit can we start right now? Absolutely. And this COVID time is a perfect time for personal growth. And, and regeneration. Take something you've been wanting to do and do it. I'm playing the guitar. I'm not naturally musically inclined, but I'm playing the guitar. And I'm doing it because I have this time during COVID. I'm building a, a, a sound recording studio in my backyard. I've done landscaping, all these things that I don't normally do because I'm using my time wisely. This is the time to regenerate yourself. Read a book. Listen yeah. to podcasts, audiobooks, whatever it might be. Talk to people. Enroll in something that allows the mind to get out of the negative funk of COVID. COVID is here. Do not let it define you. When you look back on this time in your life, do you want to be a victim? Or do you want to find that you thrive during it? You found a way to maximize your opportunity. Now, some people think, you know what? I can't be thriving and be positive and happy when all these people are miserable and businesses are shutting down. But let me ask you this question. How does you being miserable over them help anybody? Yeah, I, I so love that. I so love that. I heard something similar like that uh, years ago from, I think it was Wayne Dyer said something like his daughter was getting mad at him because he's in a good mood and there was kids starving in, you know, wherever they were starving. And he goes, you know, if me being upset, you know, helps, then okay, I'll do it. <laughs> but I think me being at my best. So I think it, it you know, it is the bright thing to do. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And here's the other thing is when, how we can only be of the best service to others when we're kind of at our best, right? So we kind of owe it to our community. You know, uh, like one of my the mindsets that we have is I take great care of myself because the world needs me at my best, right? That's how I can Absolutely. best serve my community. Yeah. So I'm having I'm having a hard time with this COVID stuff, man. You know, and and I, I life is challenging for me. What should I be focusing on, in your opinion? What's one thing you can change right now that you have control of? What's one thing you can control that you can change? You can't change what you can't control. You just can't. But you can change what you can't control, and you can't change your attitude. 
you can understand that there are billions of people compacted, having their life compounded by this in a negative way. You can be one of those people having your life compounded in a negative way, or you can compound it in a positive way. It's your choice. So can you walk? Can you get out of your building and take a walk with a mask on or not? It's your choice. Can you eat better? Can you budget better? Can you go find a different mm-hmm. job? Or can you, are you going to wallow in your self-pity because you lost your job? I've been there. I started over twice. Twice. Once because a victim of a terrible financial Ponzi scheme that just ruined me. And once because of a car wreck that broke my back in three places, put me out of work for, for over a year. And, and I had to start over. I know what it's like. It's not fun. But you know what? It compelled me to write the book Mind Over Business. After my back surgery, after the losing my life savings, I made up my mind, I'm going to write a book about this and how I came through the other side. And I did. And I wrote it through a major publisher, Putnam. I was paid a healthy advance, and the book is still being sold. So you can take any adversity and turn it into a positive. I, I love it. You know, right now, the three A's that I, I'm focusing on, because, you know, we know we can't control our environment, but we can control a few things and, you know, what we can control, like you said, and that can help adjust the outcome, right? And they are, my three A's are attitude, adaptability, and action. Right now, what can I do to control my attitude, right? Which is, by the way, there's so much negativity out there, it's hard to do. But yeah. If if you make a conscious effort, uh, you know you certainly can. And then, how can you adapt to the circumstances? You know what I see is a lot of people, especially like in the martial arts profession, that are like like wishing it wasn't here and waiting for it to be done. And I get it, but there's so much you can adapt right now, which is the number two thing. How can we adjust accordingly? Okay, you know, and it's so cliche, but how can we make lemonade? And then. Once we've got that, it's all about action. You know, one of the things is for me, how I, what I, when do I feel best? After a good day's work where I was productive. And so if in doubt, friggin' do what you can today because, you know, you can't, how's the phrase go? You can't think your way into positive action. You act your way into positive thinking. And it's like taking action is, is, is massive. Absolutely. Dave, that was powerful. I love that. I, I like that thought about taking action. And, and the one thing I found is this, action changes thought Mm -hmm. and thought can change action but action changes thought i've been doing this working meditation called moving a hill and building a building (laughs) it's a working meditation i (laughs) i started this remember we had that really bad heat wave here in in california and and i hired two guys to help me move the dirt they didn't last till noon and they both quit so I had two more guys to come and help me a few days later. They last until about 2 o'clock and didn't come back. So I had to move 20 trucks with <laughs> the dirt, take it to the dump. Line. But you know what? I loved it. I loved it because my mind is clear. And I'm thinking differently than sitting around doing nothing. So find a way to do something. Move dirt if you have to. But get that body moving. The mind will follow. You know, I two thoughts on that. Number one, Stuart Wilde, you know, the kind of a real out there, you know, uh, author that has got some pretty crazy but kind of cool stuff. He talked about how he had zero discipline. So he got up at four in the morning and moved a pile of rocks in his backyard from point A to point B. And the next day moved him from point B to point A just to show that he was the boss. And there was yeah. all these side effects. But, you know, recently, probably about the same time you were doing your wall, I have a rental house that I built a retaining wall for. And uh, I it was something like 7,000 pounds of 
of bricks and you know and, and i'll tell you what it was my son and i did it or he helped you know somewhat it was the yeah. funnest because like you said it's a moving meditation baby you know and and, and there's something cool. really beneficial about the whole process of uh of uh being all in uh in something physical like that absolutely so when we move it creates all these physical reactions in our body more oxygen to the brain and the monotony the, the, the pounding, the drumming of that same drumbeat of moving those bricks or moving them causes it I get us into a meditative state. Yep. The mind gets clear. We're not thinking about our problems. It's an actual fact. It's, it's pretty tough. I want to do this, Dave, because i got to wrap up here. Yes, sir. I, I want to make a really good point about COVID and what's going on. My best friend in high school committed suicide. The result that was he devastated many, many lives. It ruined his family's life. They, their, their attitude never recovered. Okay, they never tool. In my driver, Mark, to do what I for a living. My first book, The Mental Edge, I dedicated Mark. I have this new program, The Mental Edge for Teens, because of and and because our youth is dumped on all of this political nonsense, this economic turmoil, the, the, the global warming or whatever you want to, however you view things, I don't, I don't care. But it's being dumped on these young teenagers, these young kids. And they're not being taught, taught in school how had a man brain. So what I'm doing is I'm doing workshops for, for youth starting in, in, in uh, next, I've done, I've done one for the, uh, Shoshone uh, Native American tribe and great results. They loved it. And the book, The Mental Edge for Teens, is going to drive that. So as you see The Mental Edge for Teens being introduced to the public and the population, my nonprofit, Pebble in the Pond, feel free to donate to that. All the money from Pebble in the Pond, every single penny of it goes to works. I don't take a dime. I don't take a penny. None of it's for me. It's all the paper. I've been paying for workshops to Native American uh, reservations and inner city youth for over 20 years out of my own pocket. This is a way to get to the next level to do more of those. Our goal is to do 25 next year and then double that. They're going to have certified mental edge trainers for these teen workshops to do all over the country in community centers, at high schools, at colleges, all that kind of stuff. So this is my next path, mental edge for teens, because I think they are our future. And we got to get rid of these old men complaining and whining and, 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 and dumping on us. Get some of this new blood out there. Get these fresh, clean, and thinking for purpose and actions. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate I know we have a uh, we we got to we got to move on. You got to move on and so I really appreciate your time Ken. Always in, uh, insightful to uh speak with you and and uh I'll, I'll make sure that when we put this in the podcast, I make sure that there's a link to uh, uh, whatever you'd like it to be. It, you know, it's the best way to get a hold of you kenbomb.com. Is that is that the best way with information be there? Mentaledge.com is the best way. And I got to say something to, to to all you who are listening to this. Again, I've known Dave long enough to know that he's the real deal. And I appreciate Dave because he lives what he preaches. Yeah. He's not faking it until he makes it. He's made it. He's doing the right things at the right time. I source to the to the world. I appreciate your friendship. Thanks for having me on. Last thing, 
I think it's is it Friday or Saturday night? Era UFC. Um, he's from Ecuador. He's fight uh, two years. He's won six out of seven fights. He's doing it. He started fighting I this as real street fighter as a kid. Men would bet on him to fight in alleys against other kids and men, and that's how he became a fighter. He walked into a BJJ gym when he was about 17 years old and wanted to be a UFC fighter. You're not going to make it. You're, you're, you're starting way too late. You have no skill. You're just a brawler. He's fighting. What's the guy's name? He's a former. Uh, he was the longest world title holder in history. Um, that's who he's. Uh, I forget his name all of a sudden, but anyway, that's what happened. You get six. I guess you start. So what's, yeah. so, so what's his name? <laughs> what's the name of your fighter? You cut out. There was a little bad reception uh, there. What was? Chivera. Chivera. Okay, got it. Very cool. Well, I, I look forward to, to following his performance and and thank you for your time, Ken. Always a pleasure. Uh, uh, and 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 keep, stay sane and good luck with your sound studio and your wall. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Take care, man. Bye bye. Bye bye.